Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We've got Bob Richardson, senior counsel over at National Public Relations. And Good evening. Hello, hello. And Anthony Fury, who you can read in the SunPost Media. Um, yeah. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. You've had a busy day, sir. I have indeed. Yeah, you sat down with Stephen Harper. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Um, but I want to start on this uh, kind of story. You know, we're talking about this this fire that was set intentionally at this hotel. Stories making headlines around the world. And I'm taking a bigger kind of look at, at the situation of, you know, we've got this government. There's no real plan in place. And we're stretched to the limits right now. There's a growing, I think, anger, um, division. But the bottom line is, without a plan, I think it's going to be a lot more chaotic and, and, and harder to deal with, Bob. Guess what? The, the winter's coming in a couple of weeks. It's going to get cold. Well, you know what? I think what you said is complete nonsense, mm-hmm. and I don't agree with it. I think, uh, first of all, we've dealt with the issue of refugees well over the last few years. We've had tens of thousands of people settled properly in this country. This well, that's because they didn't come across fields. Well, you know what? Uh, people come across fields, people come in planes, people come in, in various things. What you're saying is nonsense. <laughs> I don't buy it for a minute. And so let's let's get uh, let's uh, let's get back to some facts here. We've had hundreds of community groups deal with people. We've had hundreds of people, uh, thousands of people who have been dealt with uh, in in areas. Uh, we do have people uh, in uh, hotels, and we do have people and others who are getting settled in various communities. But what you're saying, I just don't agree with. And f- quite frankly, I think conservatives should be ashamed of themselves for saying what they're saying right now. There are hundreds of thousands of people being settled in Germany and Italy and a variety of different people. The number of people we're taking here is small in, uh, in comparison. And I just do not buy what you're selling at all. Not for a minute. Well, OK, and that's fine. But we do have no plan in place. And we've got an awful lot of people I, that I don't can't get. That. Well, you don't buy that. Well, I'm not sure. Well, where are you on this? And, Anthony? I, and because yes. somebody lights a fire in a hotel, we're supposed to stop immigration in this country. Or we're supposed to start. Well, that's not what I'm that, That's not what I'm saying. I'm going in. Uh, Alex, one thing to clarify. I've heard of recently from Toronto police, just in the past couple hours, they have no clue about the origins of that fire. So people saying that it was unruly refugees who set fire to the place themselves. Oh, I don't think no that What they're talking about? No, and I know, and people saying some alt-right personality who went there to set the fire to harm them or whatnot also has no clue what they're talking about. We just don't know right now. So setting that fire aside, and I'm also going to add some <clears> facts <throat> to what Bob said. Bob said one thing that was accurate about community groups uh, helping people get settled. Governments, uh, pardon me, privately sponsored refugees are much more successful. And I agree with uh, the NDP's Jenny Kwan, who wants to see the increase to privately sponsored uh, refugees here in Canada. The problem with the border crisis we have right now is that is self selected migration. Now, when we have 25,000 people from Syria or 40 or 50 or 60, whatever it is, we choose them and we say, we would like you to come. And they say, okay, we would like to take you up on that invitation. Then we have all hands on deck with both government and civil society. What is happening at Roxham Road is not that at all. It is uncontrolled migration because they are self-selected. And that is why a lot of people, whether you want to uh, malign them as old stock Canadians or people who just immigrated last year through the processes, all those individuals are unhappy with the current situation. Yeah, I'm not against immigration. I mean, that's silly. it's, It's not a perfect situation. Nobody disagrees with that. But you know what? 
Did this situation occur when George Herbert Walker Bush was president? Did it occur when George Bush was president? Did it occur when Bill Clinton was, uh, or Barack Obama? No, they didn't. Right. This has happened as a result of the present administration in the United States. It is a disaster. It has created the problem for us. This is not a Trudeau problem. This is not a well, well, but it, but Bob, problem. it does become a Trudeau problem because they they are in charge and they haven't come up with a plan, which, which is fine, and I I accept that it's happened there. But let's <clears throat> sit back here for a moment and say this was not a problem created by the Liberal Party. They did not go out and look for this problem to happen. It's a problem that's on their doorstep. They're dealing with it as best they can. And by the way, it's a difficult situation. But to kind of sort of imply that this is, you know, they went out to look for this and cast their net to bring people in is outrageous. It's wrong. I, I don't I think don't I, well, I never said that. I'm, well, I'm going to say that a lot of other people have a lot of other people go to the to the extremes to say that. Sorry, you, you walked over. Anthony, you were saying? Sorry. I, I, I know. I know Bob uh, really loathes that post media report that proves definitively that Justin Trudeau's welcome to Canada hashtag activism did cause a lot of people to decide not to cross the border legally. But it's a not fact that. that it did confirmed by the bureaucracy and the oh. public servants. I also think Bob is right that this did happen. is only happening now in the Trump era because of excessive, incorrect fear-mongering about how Donald Trump hates person X and Y and Z and is going to do mean things to them and so forth, which was never reality and created unnecessary fear-mongering in the U.S. Yeah, bottom line is, though, we have to have a plan, and, and, and we haven't seen one in months and months and months. And that, I think, is the strain on the system, is, is the concern, because then people just get angry. So... I'm going to agree, yep. agree with you on one thing. I think the government, uh, Canadians deserve a clear update on this. Absolutely. And I don't think that's happened. And I think they have to say, here's what's happened. Here are the numbers. Here's what we expect over the next period of time. Here's what we're doing. I think the government of Canada does need to do that in a clearer sense. Uh, but to suggest somehow or other that this is some like liberal plot is nonsense. I'm not saying you are, but a lot of other people are. And a lot of other people are blowing the dog whistle, and I'm calling it uh, tonight on that. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. Justin Trudeau was asked uh, about, you know, this murdered journalist who was killed and dismembered at the Saudi consulate. It's quite an incredible story. It has gotten reaction right around the world. Trudeau was asked about this today, and here's what he said on the issue of uh, of uh, of uh, selling weapons uh, to Saudi Arabia the previous government signed a contract uh, with uh, Saudi Arabia to sell uh, armored vehicles to Saudi Arabia we uh, respected that contract but at the same time brought in significantly new and strengthened measures around transparency, uh, around uh, accountability in ensuring that on a go-forward basis uh, we are making sure that Canadians' expectations and laws are always being followed. Okay, so we didn't get an answer, um, but he was asked, you know, what are you going to do about the arms deal? How do you deal with a, with a situation like Saudi Arabia, um, given, you know, Bob, you can't let this thing go, but what do you do? Well, I thought that was a very Weasley answer. <laughs> I'm, I generally like the Prime Minister and uh, generally supportive, but, you know, I think he's trying to... Point backwards? About, 
I think he's trying to be in about four different lanes on this one. And at the end of the day, uh, we need to pick a lane. Um, and I think the conduct of the government of, uh, of, of the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, particularly since the, uh, the crown princes ascended to a position of authority, mm. has been appalling. Yep. It's been appalling in Yemen. It's been appalling in this circumstance. And it's been appalling in terms of its response to the government of Canada, which was a gross, excessive response. And you know what? There comes a point when we have to say to ourselves, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. And, you know, are we going to be held hostage by people who are described by some folks as thugs and murderers? Or or, or are we going to say enough is enough? And, you know, I think we should be getting real, real close to saying enough is enough. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I hated the arms deal under the Harper government. I hate the arms deal under the uh, the Trudeau government. What do you do with this, Anthony? Do you strip that? I mean, can they strip that? What do you do? Alex, I get what Bob's saying about Trudeau clearly trying to be in, what is it, four lanes at the same time. The challenge with the Saudi Arabia situation, and I always uh, I, I end up going back and forth on it, is it is mm-hmm. a story that is in multiple lanes and that it is becoming slightly less theocratic and slightly less autocratic than it has been, whereas Turkey, the country which we are getting all of our information about the Khashoggi story from, and I'm not, I'm not pulling a, a trutherism on this, I'm accepting it as I'm told it, but Turkey is a country that is heading in the wrong direction for being theocratic and, uh, and authoritarian. And uh, Saudi Arabia, we know it's one of our allies in some of the geopolitical issues that, that we're trying to do and that the U.S. is trying to do, not just under President Trump, but also partially uh, to a degree under what President Obama was doing. So we want to uh, keep close to them, but not so close that, that, that their, their smell wafts over in your direction. So I think it's only inevitable that we're, we're going to have to, I, I, okay, reduce the four lanes that Bob talks about, but we're still going to have to play two lanes here. Yeah, look, no, there's going to be a global reaction. I just, what will that reaction look like? Look, there, there's no, look, there's not perfection yeah. in the Mideast. I think we can all agree on that. But, but I think the Saudi Arabia that Anthony was just talking about is not the Saudi Arabia that is being conducted today particularly by this crown prince. And as a result of that, I think we do have to review our uh, uh, our support for this regime. And I think we do have to say, hang on here. Yep. We're prepared to support you if you're prepared to do the following things. They're not prepared to do that anymore. And I think we do have to have a very, very clear review of our support for the kingdom of Saudi Arabia because their conduct in the last few months has been appalling. Yeah. I mean, you can only threaten the naughty chair so many times before you actually make them sit on it. You know, I agree. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Stephen Harper. I know you sat down and uh, interviewed him today, Anthony, and that'll be coming out. Um, He, of course, has a book that he has released on populism and the rise of it. But you know, when asked by um, our Mercedes Stevenson also sat down with him and, and when he was asked, you know, what makes him kind of stay up at night and what scares him? This was part of what he answered. I look at Donald Trump. Obviously, there's things that I'm uncomfortable with. But the Bernie Sanders of the world or the Jeremy Corbyn's in Britain are the ones that really, really frighten me. So, Anthony, what was your takeaway with your sit down with him? Because this is actually a bipartisan book. It's not really aimed at one or the other. There's both sides can take something away from it. But he does talk about extremism, not just on the right, but also on the left. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing Mercedes sit down 
with him and mine is is now available at torontosun.com it's an extended segment about 20 minutes and, and mercedes and i are the only two journalists in the country who have done a, a video sit down uh with the prime minister so i you know they're both uh, very much worth uh taking a look at the former pm uh, yes his concern is that the populism needs to be taken seriously are there some unsavory people attached to it saying some dodgy things Sure, but one needs to be very uh, genuine and responsive to earnest concerns of a large segment of the population. And if you write them off and portray them all as some mean or nasty word, then you're just leading to a further, uh, further troubles. And, and, and Stephen Harper's concern is that if uh, the centrist parties and the center-right parties do not adequately adapt mm-hmm. to the new political paradigm, People will turn away from the center-right parties, and they might head towards the far left. So we've got Brexit stuff and Trump stuff happening now, but you could have Jeremy Corbyn. Uh, you could have a far-left uh, radical element, a Naomi Klein-type person rise to power in Canada. That's my, my estimation, not his. Something similar happening in the Good U.S. God. that makes Hillary Clinton look like a, a, a far-right-wing individual. <laughs> And Stephen Harper says that is the, you know, that is the socialist economic model. It has failed throughout the 20th century, and we could move away from the democratic capitalist model. And that would be a, a major worrisome uh, issue, and I agree with him. Yeah, I don't know if you'll read the book, uh, Bob. I mean, it'll be, I think, interesting. Uh, I will. It, well, there you go. So how do you view this? Like, how do you then, if populism, you know, this rise of it, and there's extremism on both sides, how do you capitalize on the populism without feeding into the... Um, extreme side of it. I generally don't wildly dislike Stephen Harper. I think he is, you know, he was prime minister of our country for 10 years. I think he's conducted himself, particularly being post prime minister, very, very well. I think that is one of the most idiotic things I've ever heard from him (laughs) from start to finish. Bernie Sanders is one of 100 senators who's uh, run for president and has no real power. Jeremy Corbyn is an opposition leader. For him to compare them to the president of the United States and others is beyond absurd. And I realize, you know, he's out there selling books, as is Mr. Critchin and others, but to describe it as absurd is to be kind. (laughs) It is ridiculous, and it should be treated for what it is, a ridiculous partisan statement with literally no foundation. No, no, no. It's completely grounded in reality. It's I think, ridiculous. Because right now, it's ridiculous. Alex, what, Alex, what we've seen the past couple of weeks in the United States is the outrage machine has been driven by the far left and previously reasonable people like Dianne Feinstein have given into it. And uh, take, taking the Kavanaugh hysteria was like a drug and people got down on the drug and then they went into withdrawal. And now they're making racist remarks about Kanye, these left wing individuals. It is just absolutely surreal. And the people who are then uh, the leaders of the Democratic Party in the United States are very left-wing people. I can't say her full name, Alexandria Ocasio, I think, yeah, uh, yeah, something yeah. like that, in New York, who's a, who is very oh, much a socialist there's, individual, there's a far one. socialist. Somebody not even elected to public office yet. No, but she wants to be. She, she's of the party. Yeah, but she's absurd. probably going to run for leader. I mean, that's... She's the darling. Bob, He's the darling of the left. A speech at the DNC. Yeah. Anthony, last point to you, Bob. It's absurd. Anyways, (laughs) that's all I'm going to say. I love, Bob, that you don't mince words. I'm never quite sure where you stand. (laughs) Love it. Guys, thank you very much. I appreciate you joining me on this Friday night. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Bye now. Bob Richardson joining us. Anthony Fury. You can, of course, catch him uh, in the paper, and you can catch his sit-down with Stefan Harper.
I love Bob. Bob, man, he just says it like it is, eh? <laughs> That's ridiculous. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.